And welcome, everyone, to our latest podcast with Go Preps and CrescentCitySports.com. I'm Ken Trahan, joined by Hunter Bauer of Go Preps. And Hunter, always a pleasure, and it's a pleasure to talk about something pleasurable this morning. Yeah, most certainly. It was a big day for the uh, for the state uh, yesterday as the LHSAA convened for its special meeting, and uh, a lot of good things came out of it, in my opinion. Yeah, I think we share that sentiment, as do a lot of people. Obviously, the preponderance of schools in the state share that opinion because just over 67% of those schools voted to keep the current playoff system intact. What does it mean? It means that what you saw last year in the playoffs, which was inherently better for all involved, will stand for this year, which means more balance in terms of select and non-select. Obviously, there are dissenters. You're never going to make everyone happy. And I think the relativity of select schools versus non-select is interesting. Some are clearly more select than others, but it's all about the definition. That's been the argument. That's been the case that's been made both in court and out of court. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, and, and this thing goes back to 2013. And, you know, of course, <clears throat> 10 years ago, you didn't have an emergence of charter schools. And, you know, a lot of schools weren't instituting magnet components. And so it was time for a change. And that's what the executive committee was tasked with last year and, and ultimately passed uh, in, in the betterment of for the betterment of the association. And uh, I think, you know, Lincoln Preps, uh, Gordon Ford was was very vocal yesterday, and I think he had a lot of great things to say. And I, I really believe he said what a lot of people wanted to say, and I'm going to quote him right here. He said, as principals, we have abdicated our responsibilities. We have given that over to principals who sit on this executive committee. A vote, no, a vote for no means we go back to a structure that we know does not work, while a vote yes keeps the structure in place. It's not perfect. But it's that better than the way it was. And this is a guy who, when he got up to the mic, he said, look, I don't agree with the select definition. But I'm also not voting just for my school. I'm voting for the whole association. I'm voting for the student athletes. And I think that spoke volumes yesterday. And I think that's the mindset that, that the association needs to have moving forward. Uh, you know, someone asked me this morning, was this a win for, for Mr. Bonon and his staff or for the, the principal since they were able to get 380-some-odd schools there? I think it was a win for the student athlete. Of course, it was a win for both sides, but I think it's a win for the student athlete. Uh, what we have moving forward is, is the best thing we've had since this split, and uh, it, it's it's worked, and I think it's going to continue to work. There may be some modifications that have to be made here or there, but we're certainly in a better place than we were 10 years ago, Ken. Well, I think you summarized it very well, and I think it's all about the student athletes, and they've been the ones that have been short-circuited, so to speak, for many years now. And yeah. And there's a better opportunity moving forward. And I hear all the time it's a principal's organization. And we heard that again yesterday with all due respect to those that uh, put that forward. And I understand that sentiment. Principals have the vote. But it's not just a principal's organization. It's about the young people, the young girls, the young boys that compete on the playing fields, on the courts, and everywhere else. And somehow they get tossed about and forgotten in the midst of a struggle that sometimes turns political. And it's very unfortunate. So I do think it was a good day. What happens in January at the convention? Stay tuned. Because the poison pill of two-thirds could be out the window, and a 50-plus one could result in, guess what? Maybe, just maybe, this organization getting back together. Once again, there's no perfect system. Once again, you're not going to please everybody. Once again, you're going to have some dissenters. But ultimately, it is about the greater good. And Mr. Ford captured that, I think, inherently better than anyone could possibly voice it because his school does not benefit on the playing field from this alignment. But 
It is for the greater good. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm so happy to hear that from somebody. <laughs> no, yeah, no doubt. And, uh, you know, going back to what you said for January, uh, you know, two-thirds majority it was actually a two-thirds vote yesterday for the uh, to 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 approve this select definition. So mm-hmm. it just seems like you know, year after year, it just seems like maybe we're getting a little bit closer, a little bit closer. And I'm not saying you know if we're gonna if the association is gonna come back together or not, but there could Nor be modifications yeah. along the way that I think could possibly bring maybe certain sports or certain classifications together. And I think that would be for the betterment of everybody. I think it would be more competitive. Uh, like I said, even the, the format we had last year was better than, than years prior. So, All right, let's talk about some football games coming up this weekend as we get a little deeper into the season. We're past the halfway mark now, which is yeah. interesting in itself. Hard to believe we've gotten that far. But let's start in the Baton Rouge area where Dutchtown and Walker hook up. You know, again, the records are good here. Dutchtown would seem to be uh, the better side overall based upon level of competition. But this is an interesting matchup, isn't it? Yeah, no doubt. Uh, the The first thing on my notes that I uh, that I wrote down this morning: How will Dutchtown respond to a two week off period? They had an open date, and then their uh, their scheduled game against Carver uh, ended up in a forfeit after what happened with Carver a couple weeks ago. So mm-hmm. uh, their last the last two weeks they've been off. Uh, you know, you kind of hope you don't want to lose that edge, especially you know right in the middle of the season. So. Uh, uh, but their last two contests they've played have been shutouts, uh, including one against Ponchatoula, a really good Ponchatoula uh, team. Walker uh, has won two of the last three in this series against Dutchtown. Uh, the Wildcats have wins over Kentwood and Mandeville this year. They're off to a really good start, four straight wins. They have a great tailback. Uh, C.J. McClendon, 676 yards, nine touchdowns. Uh, what a way to open up that district. I think that's going to be a, a tremendous matchup to watch. Uh, again, you you would think Dutchtown may would have the upper hand, just how well they're playing. But, again, I want to see how they respond to that being off for two weeks. Uh, either way, I think it's going to be a close game. Yeah, and the Wildcats are at home, and they're playing really well. It's an interesting yeah, matchup absolutely. between the, the unstoppable force and the immovable object. As you mentioned, Dutchtown with a couple of shutouts. On the other hand, Walker has scored 47, 40, 30, and right. 51 in his last four games. So, again, a classic matchup of offense against defense. Another interesting matchup, Abbeville traveling to Laplace to play St. Charles Catholic. We know what St. Charles Catholic's all about. This was a good game a year ago. This time it's in Laplace where, uh, frankly, you just don't pick against St. Charles Catholic. But this is a good Abbeville team for a second straight year. Yeah, and what Coach Moy has done at, at Abbeville in just a short time, I mean, he's done wonders there. And, and for him, I, I just give props for him challenging a great St. Charles Catholic team. Uh, even It's just to prepare. Uh, I know that I think they have a small district, so just trying to prepare as much as they can for a long season and then a good playoff run. Uh, it's a huge challenge for Abbeville this week. I mean, they're taking on a you know defending champion, uh, but the Wildcats have won uh, four straight, uh, including 41-0 shutout, uh, 41-0 shutout last week. This is a huge power points game for them. If somehow they can play them close, uh, maybe come up with a win. You never know the way things are going this season. But, you know, St. Charles, they're just so strong. Uh, they're among the top two in the state in the LSWA polls and every, almost every poll you see out there. 
uh, five of, all five of their opponents, uh, Class 4A, uh, and they've done well. Uh, a lot of great teams that they've played this year. Uh, so certainly Coach Stein has them uh, playing really well right now. Uh, but I think this is a good challenge for St. Charles as well, just to keep playing teams like this and keep in and out, week in, week out, playing teams, uh, getting prepared for their district schedule as well. Uh, should be interesting matchup. Abbeville has to go to St. Charles this year. Uh, good road trip. I think it's a good experience for Abbeville. Abbeville runs right at you. It's a physical yeah. test. They'll shorten the game, and you've got to stand up to them, and that's a challenge for St. Charles Catholic. And St. Charles Catholic plays different types of opponents as well yeah. to prepare them for anything that they're going to face Absolutely. down the road. And we all know just how good they are special teams-wise, too. So that's <laughs> yeah. always a major factor in their games. Here's another interesting matchup. Speaking of controlling the ball and limiting possessions for the opponent, Bell Chase, that's what they do. We yeah. had their game last week against Franklinton at CrescentCitySports.com. This game was over with in two hours, okay? That's a Bell Chase game. If they throw the ball three <laughs> to five times, that's a lot. They run the football. They run it well. Stephen Myers does a great job with the yeah. Cardinals. But they've got to go uptown to play a lesser classification team, but not a lesser team in the Newman Greenies no, at Lupin no. Field. Interesting matchup. The, the opportunity for Bell Chase here is clear. Keep the football. Convert third downs and limit Newman's at-bats. That's the opportunity for Bell Chase. Absolutely. And I mean, it was a 23 to 20 uh, game last year. So very yep. close last year uh, with Arch Manning in the picture. He's not in the picture this year, but they have a really good quarterback in Eli Friend and just a great offense. Newman does. Uh, but it's going to be a big test for them as well. Bell Chase is really good. Uh, Bell Chase has actually won two of the last three matchups uh, between these two teams. So it's a very uh, tight contest between the two. Uh, but I want to see how Bell Chase handles this strong Newman offensive attack. The key is they got to keep the ball away from him because Newman can score at will. Uh, but two of Bell Chase's opponents have losing records this year, also lost to a 2-3 and three Vanderbilt squad. So I uh, want to see how they uh, respond to that. Newman, like you said, Newman is very strong. Uh, Newman defeated Benton and Manny over the la their last two weeks. So uh, big test for both teams. Uh, big PowerPoints night as well, uh, looking at the, their, their numbers before coming on the broadcast uh, just now. Enormous respect for both coaches, Stephen Myers and Nelson Absolutely. Stewart. They're, they really do outstanding jobs, and they're class acts as well. So this is a fun matchup to be able to watch this week. Staying in South Louisiana, really intriguing matchup between Riverside Academy and St. Martin's Episcopal. There's a lot of, a lot of sidebars to this one, but when you look at these two programs, Lee Roussel's done a great job at Riverside in his second year. They're closing in on being that program again, the one that won a state championship under Bill Stubbs about seven years ago now and was always in contention. Meanwhile, St. Martin's is undefeated, and they've got, of course, a transcendent player and running back in Harlan Berry, who's just been phenomenal, and he's good on defense too, by the way. Of course, you look at what Riverside's put on the field, they will block you, and then they have a young man in Lasty that can really run the football. It's outstanding. So good matchup here. It's in Metairie this year. You know, some people would point to Riverside having the slight edge in this one. That's likely true physically, but in Metairie, I think this is a really interesting matchup between two teams. And, of course, the biggest sidebar to this is obvious, and that is that the head coach at St. Martin's is Kevin Dyser, who does a great job, and Kevin was the coach at Riverside most yeah. recently. And some of those young men at Riverside played for him. So this is an intriguing matchup, to say the least. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, Riverside having won five straight in this series going back to 2019. Look, Ken, I was just looking at the district standings. On paper, 
this could be your district championship for uh, yep. for ten one a. I mean, what a way to start out your district uh, mm-hmm. your district schedule by playing these with these two teams playing. Uh, most certainly, you know, St. Martin comes in with uh, with Harlan Berry, eight hundred and five yards, sixteen touchdowns. We all know about Harlan Berry. Uh, we know what he can do, but what can St. Martin's do? Can they can they break the streak? Can they get that win over Riverside? Uh, can can Coach Dizer? Uh, be the deciding factor in that series. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. But, yeah, just, you know, looking over their their schedules right here, you know, very similar uh, to what they do. Riverside's actually played, a you know, uh, maybe a little bit tougher schedule than, uh, than what St. Martin's has. Of course, St. Martin's was off uh, two weeks ago, so have only played four games. Uh, but certainly you do want to give the edge to Riverside. But I think it's going to be close either way. Uh, but I think Harlan Berry is going to be the difference maker. I think he's going to be able to, uh, to, to cut loose a little bit this week he knows it's a big game they know it's a big game and it's for the district championship so uh certainly uh this is going to be one to keep an eye on friday night yeah it's going to be all about whether st martin's can stand up to the physicality of riverside lou russell's a great coach great offensive line coach at nickel state great offensive line coach at archbishop rummel when they won state championships and previously at lutcher his teams will line up and they will hit you and hit you hard so that's going to be the test for st martin's is whether they can stand up physically to this team from Riverside. And, of course, Frank Gendusa had the foresight. He tells the story that he's at St. Martin's coaching against Riverside, and he was impressed with Kevin Dizer. When Coach Dizer wasn't retained at Riverside, Frank Gendusa called him immediately and offered him the opportunity, and then he <laughs> succeeded him as head coach this year. So it's a pretty good story. The final game is in southwest Louisiana, and this, again, is another really good matchup, two really good offenses, Westgate and Turling's Catholic. Look, Westgate... Lost its first game last week, but it was in Shreveport against an elite Calvary Baptist team, and they were very competitive in the yeah. process. Held the 22 points after putting a ton of points up against a bunch of opponents previously. And, of course, Sterling's Catholic can score with anybody. And this is, again, this is one of those intriguing matchups when you look at it and you say, okay, which one of these schools is going to emerge as a genuine contender you know, on this 4A level in their respective classification? And I think that the winner of this game – probably goes there in that regard. Now, Turling's only loss was to St. Charles Catholic. Uh, certainly no shame in that. So, again, <laughs> yeah. really intriguing matchup here. And, and, of course, the Rebels get the home game here. Yeah, the two losses between these teams are to the, the top two uh, teams in the in the state in Class 2A. So, uh, definitely nothing to hang your, hat on, hang your head about. But, uh, yeah, I, I just want to see how Westgate bounces back from the loss last week. Uh, you know, kept up with that game. Uh, seemed like they were in it, and then something would happen, and uh, and then Calvary would Calvary can strike quick, so they struck quick. But it seemed like Westgate never quit; they were always in the game uh, up until the very end. So I want to see how they respond back. Uh, you know, Turnless Catholic has an impressive uh, resume in recent weeks. They've inclu- had wins over Opelousas and Notre Dame, which are uh, two uh, really good teams. Uh, down there in the uh, Lafayette area, uh, quarterback Preston Welch, uh, two or three year starter for for Turlings Catholic, has done really well. He's usually in the top fifteen in passing leader uh, passing yards every year. So, uh, but uh, Westgate defense, they've been able to explode these hold these explosive offense to minimal points, whether it's a win or a loss. So uh, and now you're going into 
district play. Uh, you're getting to the nitty-gritty. You're getting to the end of the season. You're trying to get as many power points as you can uh, to get a good spot for the playoffs. So uh, definitely interested to see how this ends up. Uh, Westgate, again, on the road at Turlins Catholic. So I uh, want to see how they respond, you know, having to go on the road again, playing a really good team back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Uh, but, yes, yeah, definitely a uh, an impressive start to the season for Turlins Catholic. Can they keep it going against a good Westgate team? Week six of the season, week six of the 29th year of our original prep football report this coming Friday night in the New Orleans area on 106.1 FM, on five other stations throughout the state, and, of course, at NashFM1061.com with a host of things to consider. 50 reporters at different games all over the state, best scoreboard in the state at Crescent City Sports, and, of course, Hunter Bauer. Now, part of this, we had him on last week. Good response. We're going to do it every week now to talk with Les Easton, Jude Young in the Countdown Show Hour. And this week we'll have Patrick Taylor night with Coach Kenny Bourgeois. So, uh, Honor, obviously great to have you part of that too. And Absolutely. we'll have you discuss a few games and probably touch again on what's happening off the field. Hopefully we can focus <laughs> on what's on the field sometime soon, right? Yeah, that's the biggest thing, Ken. You know, I was talking to a couple friends last night, and I said, look, it's just time to move on. Uh, you know, the, the, the association had their voices heard. Let's focus on football. Let's get to the playoffs. That's what really matters is in this whole thing is let's get some action going. Uh, I'm ready to see, uh, you know, what brings us to the postseason and how the state championships turn out in December. Get out of the court and on the field. How's that? I love it. There we go. That's the statement of the year from Ken Trahan. <laughs> honor, honor and extreme pleasure as always. Thank you so much. GoPreps.com. Do an outstanding job. Keep up the great work. And we appreciate everything with CrescentCitySports.com. Look forward to what's to come, my friend. Yes, sir. And uh, just a reminder, Power Ratings Live updated uh, after every Friday night going into Saturday. So we're working on that tirelessly. So GoPreps.com. Go check it out. And uh, we'll, we'll be – Happy to serve you uh, going into the playoffs. So, Ken, again, thank you uh, for the time today, and uh, look forward to next 